So, um, Sachin, one thing we kind of uh, hinted at uh, last time and I want to talk about today is product management. So product management in enterprise is a big um, area of uh, learning for me uh, because uh, product management at uh, startups is something that um, I think both of us uh, have experienced very closely but it's the complexity and diversity of use cases in enterprises that kind of uh, interest me. But before we go there, um, uh, you know, uh, in your startup, you had an incidental exposure to product management, I guess, uh, if so as to say it that way. So, um, and you were adjacent to it, uh, right? Um, so uh, how, how, will, how will you um, describe product management uh, from that perspective, how would a tech uh, leader look at product management? What does it mean for you? And um, were you a product manager? No, absolutely not. But uh, Dinkar, I mean, this is uh, your area. In fact, before I met you, uh, product management was me, um, was not a, a term per se in terms of like, uh, which was a very crystallized term in my mind. Mm. I had heard the term product owner in my uh, place. Mm. And uh, for a good amount of time, we never had any product owner. Mm. But what we used to do is uh, there were this responsibility of supposedly product owner used to be scattered across the landscape. Mm. So there used to be a business owner who is responsible for, okay, I want this feature because I want to sell this type of thing. And then there were uh, user experience specialists who used to double down on uh, not only designing user experience, but also uh, trying to do things which are uh, uh, a product manager also does. Mm. So, and then there used to be actual customer mm. who used to actually come in and uh, try to tell us features from their perspective, how they should, in fact, even design feature at times. If, yeah. if you can just get me a form with these two can buttons. Please on, increase the font size. Exactly. <laughs> so, Dinkar, I honestly, when you said we both have experienced, I think I did not have that much experience. In fact, I was looking forward to this discussion because um, I learned a lot about, oh, if you just extract this from this fellow mm. whom I worked with, this from this fellow, then probably this is what the promo would be in my company. Right. Um, and also what I realized is that Many times, uh, companies which are uh, uh, startup is a term which is loaded, but I think young companies, I would say, yeah. who are trying to establish. Well, why do you say startup is a loaded term? Like today, I mean, multi million unicorns also claim to be startups. Yeah, so like 5,000 employees are still a startup. Correct. I mean, in my experience, Dinkar, I, uh, this is a little controversial opinion, but uh, a startup is term used as marketing as well as uh, state. So earlier in my mind, the state, it, it used to describe a state of a company, which is yeah. they are literally uh, trying to get from zero up. to one. Yes, yeah. they are just starting up and uh, they have their own struggles, but they also have a very passionate group of people who are trying to make some change into something, right? But then today... But, uh, uh, sorry to stay there, uh, but imagine the change in um, society as such. See, uh, I believe that this marketing is totally geared towards people, uh, recruitment, right? Everyone wants to work in a startup. And imagine, you know, when I started my career, right? Um, there was, um, uh, I was in a smallerish company where they did not necessarily issue visiting cards, right? Uh, because you didn't need one, right? So, um, so this uh, person comes and say, you know, it's a startup, right? Um, comes in and says that you know we don't issue business cards why do you need it uh, and these mm -hmm. days you know you email everyone right no but um, you know my, i'm going to get married and all that so i i need a you know a visiting card you know uh, you know anyway i'm under a lot of pressure from my family why don't you join you know organizations like infosys wipro right everyone knows their names a TCS, right? Already you're working here. You don't have a, a visiting card. So who will believe you, right? But going from that time, right, where um, uh, your um, uh, 
marital uh, eligibility was directly proportional to the uh, corporate uh, you know brand value uh, it has flipped now uh, right so in some way um, i take it in a positive way that today uh, you know startup has become this uh, marketing tag because they want to attract people right i mean i don't know maybe wipro infosys or um, you know uh, uh, tcs or tomorrow say we are also a startup <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's where uh, I find a little bit troubling, right? Is uh, people use startup when they want to in- indicate that they don't have a lot of uh, money and they just want you to come in for passion, or they want to tell that they are really truly startup in the textbook definition, uh, or they want to just carry that cool tag. Um, I-, I remember just like you told your experience. I remember uh, when we were uh, in our first company. Uh, around 2012 at that time one of our employees said that um, i'm not able to get a bank loan and the reason is that uh, the comp- uh, the bank says give me office phone number and we didn't have one and so <laughs> they said unless we can call on the phone and somebody answers this is xyz company they cannot verify the employment yes. so uh, we had to literally go to uh, at that time there was a startup walkie which was a cdma based phone wireless we Yeah, bought to just get loan for our employees. So yeah, yeah crazy things have happened. It, it, it has happened to me. I mean, uh, we were looking for a loan, and um, uh, you know, uh, so th- there's an office. We didn't know that we had a phone in the office, and it used to ring and ring, and no one was bothered because people will email, right? So then they said, you know, we couldn't verify your uh, employment, and it got rejected, and. luckily my wife works for a large corporate and they said uh, you know uh, wala uh, she she was earlier in her career at that stage i was definitely i was little advanced so obviously i was making more money so they said doesn't matter uh, you know we trust the brand name and i said thank you and i have always requested her to stick to large organizations so <laughs> she has she she's the source of better credit uh, uh, history uh, credit rating of us as a family so yeah that's that's very true so coming yeah, so back circling back product, yeah <laughs> circling back to product i think um, uh, the in the young companies uh, this is again controversial opinion but um, companies use proma as well as agile as an excuse of uh, doing a lot of things in their own ways and uh, i find um, using these excuses that we are actually a young company and we need to survive i somehow find that unfair hmm. yeah can you double click on this i, I didn't okay uh, I didn't so if you see agile right lot of companies are say that we do agile but they don't follow a certain process but they they use a convenient way of agile they would like to do iteration planning meetings they want to do uh, iterations but they want to pick and choose the parts which yeah. suit their workflow or mm-hmm. their philosophy of agile and they say we do agile example is they want to stick for two week iteration let's say but they don't want to do retrospectives at the end of every iteration they don't want to actually adopt point based estimation systems mm. or they do not want uh, to stick to a plan for the iteration mm. they would like to always uh, have a uh, want to have that flexibility of shuffling the scope mm. uh, once or twice a week and that used to give me an indication that we are uh, we are using agile as an excuse to not follow a plan or a process yeah. and kind of connecting it back you know a uh, thought uh, crosses me is many companies might be saying their startup because they want to reflect the agility of the organization and today the best way to like i am drawing a differentiation between doing agile being agile right just the organization basically yes. uh, the yeah but might be indicator of that yes dinkar but i'm i'm even saying that but inside there still like you know correct and the uh, fundamental difference to me is dinkar how clear are you about your vision and execution strategy because if you are clear about your vision 
that means you want to stick to a plan despite it will have some hiccup uh, at times so let's say you want to uh, build a feature yeah then do you have a clear evidence or is it just a gut feel yeah have you tried to even collect evidence or do you want to uh, this is your pet peeve and you feel this pet peeve needs to be addressed i'll give an example one of not in my company not in one of my products but i was working for a company and the ceo at that time had a, a major release of a web portal and a bunch of friends uh, showed up at his uh, house for some social get together but he used that to showcase the website which they launched and he opened it on to his fancy 60 or 70 inch television and uh, as luck would have it it was stuck to only center part of the tv and then there was massive white space on both sides and his friends like they were uh, making fun of him he literally got super angry he wrote an angry email and he said drop everything make this site responsive mm. and everything changed people stayed in office for that weekend for next four days and just made the site responsive yeah. now this is a classic example of where you should not actually yeah, take such kind of management experience management <laughs> yes <laughs> and i think uh, it is possible to actually collect evidence for this you go to google analytics figure out what is the How maximum using user the... yeah resolutions which you are using and say we need to look good on 98 percentile 95 percentile 90 percentile of my all uh, screen resolutions yeah i mean uh, true i mean uh, th- th- there's another aspect here uh, uh, such that uh, kind of uh, bothers me sometimes um, it's uh, so in the scenario that you explained right um, uh, there is a founder who is passionate Hmm. and when you are passionate um, you know uh, everything stings uh, which is natural um, so that that's one uh, side of it right then um, if you don't back the passion or uh, your opinion with some evidence uh, you will not have the sustainability of the value out of it right so what i've seen is startups that are successful you know there are startups where it starts with a passion and then over a period of time the uh, the the evidence kind of negates it so you pivot and everything but but that's not where your passion lay right now you're weird off your passion and now you're totally following evidence so there you know um, people lose steam that's one side the other side is if you totally follow evidence then it takes you in certain directions you do it but then the passion is missing because um, evidence is okay this is where i am this is what the evidence is telling me this is what i have to do this is the right thing to do this is not something i want to do and i feel the lucky startups are the ones where um, your passion uh, gets uh, backed by evidence and uh, obviously it's a coincidence um, it's uh, statistically uh, shorter possibility but if you are in that possibility you hit it otherwise you know Didn't wind up i mean the- i mean you you touched upon two points i think we should just talk about this is a you said that many times the status quo if you gather the evidence to prove the status quo then essentially what happens is you are not taking risk hmm. or you are not uh, uh, doing something which is novel right uh, and uh, uh, typically if you are gathering evidence then you should be um, and it also depends upon what type of evidence you want to gather to support your argument or reject your argument <laughs> now uh, but but i would like to say this just because just because there are some pitfalls of actually measurement and finding evidence that should not act as only supporting argument to not measure anything and many many times what people Uh, and i i would like to draw a parallel so that we don't talk in ob- subjective manner mm-hmm. ways the best example is uh, stock trading 
you will see that in stock market there are all kinds of investors mm-hmm. there are people who have a very methodical approach to screening a stock reading funda- they call fundamental picks yeah then there is a different school of thought called technical picks where they have certain chart analysis methods yeah. and it has its own roots in statistics and other stuff and the third one is cowboy uh, uh, execution just gut feel right uh, hot hand fallacy and there are a bunch of people who are novice fall into this category i just feel that suddenly now it is uh, 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 suddenly there is a war situation i believe that certain stocks are going to fall but i don't have any evidence but this is my gut feel so i'm going to go and bet on it my feeling is that if let's say these investors who are new and fueling their gut feels some of them are going to land with massive uh, profits yeah but that should not be treated as a science exactly see and that would always be the small set and they will have the most visibility creating an impression that if you go by gut feel you win um, right and and coming back to the startup thing right and that's why there is this impression that if you go into a startup with passion you will win but the reality is that passion but now evidence coincided that doesn't come out because the other now, side is very boring but now i will say this thing okay since we have established a premise right yeah in my mind this has been always my problem as a tech lead i do want some sort of evidence based uh, uh, project and the re- there is a very simple reason to it i do want people to bring scope thoughtfully rather than every time pushing me into corner saying if we don't do this we are going to go home this feature that, that, that is tricky right uh, now um, so this is one of the uh, biggest uh, conflict between uh, product managers and developers right so uh, look at it this way I, I, when you say thoughtfully uh, i want to uh, hear transparently i'll tell you what is what is the difference between the two yes thoughtfully may always imply that there was a calculation there was a thought there was a metrics there were an evidence for a decision right and uh, it got communicated with the development team as a as a as a tech lead you expect that hey, by the way uh, just to correct you a disclaimer uh, i do not feel that developer needs to be justified by all the rest of the organization why they are building something it's not the purpose the purpose is that uh, i think um, sharing what we want to achieve with this because engineers also yes can do things and suggest technically that's how transparency transparency yes my, i think my, i am my, leaning towards that later yes. yeah the the only thing i was worried about sometimes you have to make a call you have to throw a wide guess so as long as that's done transparently hey, i don't know we are running out of ideas here that's fine and let's try this right because we tried these many things everything has failed this is our last year let's try this let's throw some shot in the dark maybe it will hit if you're transparent about it i think that is important because everything probably this is where uh, my style of thinking my biases came maybe someone who's very but thinker there are uh, in in the world today we have methods to allow you basically what you are saying is i would like to uh, do, run an experiment yes exactly i am not sure but i want to run an experiment yes and for that we have enough tech available that you can run ab experiment you can actually expose exactly. a certain type of feature to only 5% of your audience exactly you know what i have those such have, an, uh, those such in uh, this um, feature that i want to open up a feature to only 5% is actually a very complicated thing it sounds very simple but uh, that means from day one even before you have a small thing out even if you have a web page out you have created this ability to figure out what is your audience uh, figure out various segments of your audience figure out how to identify then figure out that how we will show them a how will you show them b so uh, one of the things um, that uh, i caution people um, when they think hey let's do an experiment uh you know uh, the infra for experiment is very expensive if it needs to be done at a scale or um or uh, it need it has to be done 
uh, with enough sample size, though it can be meaningful, right? So it can become very uh, complicated. Just just a side note because I have seen many um, how do I say manager types you know, to to use the stereotype. Like let's do an experiment. It, it's yes hypothesis experiment we should all be doing. But when you say when you think experiment, if you're thinking that to half of the population you will give B and you know to one million you will show A and to one million you will show B and across geographies this this that that. That that takes planning and effort. Yeah, Dinkar. Uh, I mean, uh, recently I was uh, listening to a podcast, and uh, in that uh, there was this um, a product launched by United States Space Bank, and this United product States? which some bank, some bank, and this was a yeah. credit card for uh, underprivileged people who are poor in financial. Yeah. So they don't get credit cards yeah. because because of lack of credit history. Credit history. Yeah. So. What the product was is you deposit a small sum, let's say five hundred dollars or thousand dollars in the bank in a special type of account, like type of an escrow, you would say, and they will issue a credit card against you. And then as you start using credit card and uh, perform small payments, maybe it is this month I use the credit card for hundred dollars, I'll get, uh, and I do a payment of hundred dollars, my credit is growing, and then essentially. For the thousand dollars I have deposited, now I have a five thousand dollars worth of credit. Something. So that is different. Earlier, you could uh, when I was in the early days of career in US, like you get a five hundred dollar. It's a credit card, five hundred dollar. You have paid as a deposit. You can only spend up to five hundred. So I think this is the change that they. This is their so they want to bring that inclusivity, right? Okay. So when this um, uh, product was about to go live. And this this product owner was uh, uh, a, a woman who was representing the target demographic. So I'm going to not say which demographic, but target yeah. demographic. Yeah. So one bug they identified just before uh, one week before go live, and that um, was about uh, the uh, investment bank accounts. They called some portfolio accounts. You couldn't transfer the money from them into this escrow account. So because there was no technology uh, there was some i think connector was missing right okay so and they said that uh, this is a showstopper yeah but the lady who was actually the product owner she said the product targeted audience is not going to have not any investment have account with you. <laughs> <laughs> so this doesn't matter so point is that although dinkar i'm i'm alluding that uh, you need to have evidence but evidence uh, should not be treated as an alternative to that field leadership. Uh, I, I'm, I'm vision. Saying, yeah, or, or vision, yeah, or experience. I mean, let's say you came from, uh, let's say, marketing. Yeah. And you have developed a 20, 25 years worth of marketing experience. You understand how marketing works. You don't need to tell just uh, or justify the developers or engineers that how some of the decisions which you will take on marketing. People accept you as leader there. What I'm trying to talk about is some of, there are a lot of features which deserve such kind of gut feel oriented, experience oriented. And, and we're talking about justification, not transparency. Transparency has to be there. You can say that, trust me, this is my, you know, uh, that's mental fine. path analysis. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's know, fine. But in that. the other cases, there are, where uh, you are talking about some mundane, very technical features. Yeah. Pushing those as urgency because yeah. those are your gut feel, which are easily measurable, yes. which are easily validatable. I, I hear you. And, yeah. and the same thing is with agile. What I was actually griping about, right? People use agile as an excuse rather than uh, a method which they want, they believe in, or they yeah. trust in, and they want to follow that method. Yeah. They, see, uh, and 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 that's where you know uh, toolkits frameworks methodologies become very critical so and for Dinkar, example Dinkar, yeah. uh, one problem sorry to cut you off but there is one more problem which is associated with that yeah a lot of cowboy promas exist in the world and they don't have proper methods tools they don't have uh, and i think i sometime was talking to you offline and you said that these promas drive tasks rather than outcomes yeah, the, I, I was coming to that, right? So yeah. the whole idea behind this um, uh, uh, 
thanks for that reminder. The, the whole thing is that even, you know, uh, even if you're bringing in your gut feeling, even if you're like, you know, I, I woke up in the morning and I saw a dream and I trust my morning dreams. That's why we should do this feature. <laughs> that's okay. If, if that is how you want to roll, that's okay. Convert it into a framework. Two, two of my features are going to be my morning, early morning dreams, right? Make, make it very transparent and, and do then after one month, one year, do a research, right? Out of those two features, did they pan out to be the way they did? Yes, then go and believe in your morning uh, uh, you know, uh, dreams. If they didn't pan out, then what else, right? So the, the idea is that, um, uh, and uh, what I keep uh, uh, suggesting, uh, and this is where you know um, enterprises win over startups is because in enterprise you need to create, um, which sometimes is a bad thing, but you, you need to explain it to others, right? And even if you have to explain, you have to put it in a structure. That is why these frameworks and toolkits become very handy. Uh, right? Basically, they follow a process. They 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 are forced into structuring more than process. They are forced into a structure. Uh, now, in a startup, you can get away with it. Are we are agile? We are startup. We don't believe in structures, right? We don't write stuff. We don't do this. We don't do that. You, you're you know you you can get away with it for some time, but the moment someone starts questioning, then you know uh, all the movies and. Uh, you know, a TV series about startups and, you know, how they fail and everything starts happening because suddenly uh, when an investor has come, your team has grown, you're unable to explain to someone why did you, and he's like, no, because I say it, and that's a typical founder fallacy. But if you had said that, hey, you know what, uh, there was, you know, we believe that our gut is right. So these are the 15 features we put in just because of our gut. These are the 15 features that we put because customer asked. These are the 15 features we put because competition have had it, right? That's the check marks. So that if someone is doing a Excel sheet comparison, they'll say, you have this, they should be able to say, yes, you have. We may have implemented the minimal version of it. Maybe it's just a UI element, but someone who's doing a, a idiotic, uh, you know, just checkbox comparison, we show up. And then after that, you can do an analysis. You know what our gut is speaking right to us. And somehow I feel that um, coming back, the, the organization where the gut and the passion matches the evidence, right? Those are the places, um, maybe I'm saying that because that is not happened. That's not happening. That did not happen in my startup. And maybe I, I want to blame that as a reason for my failure. But I feel, you know, where these things uh, intersect, um, that's on, on, on the other thing, uh, such in uh, task versus outcomes, right? Um, and, and this is my biggest worry with the product management as a profession where it is going now, right? Um, what product management is very outcome driven, right? You come in, hey, can you increase my sales, right? Then you kind of leave it up to that person, right? Um, and what that meant was this was a very strategic role, but as it has become big and big and big, I mean, I know one uh, um, uh, person, uh, Sachin, who works in an e-commerce company in India. So when you buy something and then there's a button for buy and there's a post buy um, tracking, right? Um, he, he manages, he, he's a product manager of that workflow, right? So now imagine um, if that is a, what kind of analysis this person will have to do and how much of dependency on the analysis of this uh, person would be. So uh, someone walking in is walking into the structure. He's told, look at this, look at this, look at this. This is your flow. If people are dropping here, if people are not checking the status of uh, shipment every day, send them an SMS. So they come to the page. So they see what is the, uh, and there we can push some ads. We can on that page we can put some other stuff. Uh, you know all those kind of things, right? It has totally becoming a very task-oriented thing. Uh, things to be done, done, kind of uh, rather than focus on outcome. And that is why Sachin, I I um, um, I uh, enrolled my daughter into some online learning. One of these names uh, that come to your mind, uh, yes, one of those. And um, at some point the course finished and they give a certificate. And personally, I didn't bother. 
I don't care. Uh, she didn't, my daughter didn't bother because she's not doing it for certification. They had, you know how many calls I got? So we have to send a certificate. I said, I don't need it. But it's a certain, that couple of people were shocked. Like, but why don't you need the certificate? It's a certificate, right? It, she completed the course. I said, no, I don't need it. And I get, because somewhere in the workflow, it showed that there is a drop in this user's experience. He did not cross the phase where we issued a certificate and maybe somewhere else was going, right? Because no one is thinking. No one is looking at the outcome. The customer is happy. They got what they wanted from it. They got the education, right? That's all they care about. That, that customer is happy. But the task they haven't received, so we have to call them. I got, at some point, I got calls from people who were saying they were product managers, not just like the you know, marketing team. We are product manager. We don't understand why do we want the certificate. That was the situation where outcome that a customer bought your service is happy with it did not matter. But the task that if someone is not taking this uh, step, you have to call them overpowered. Correct. And Dinkar, you bring a very uh, important point that product managers should actually understand their customers too. Not a happy path scenario, but uh, all, all sorts of scenarios, right? So another example of that, which I came across, and I think this is a very classic case of how product managers can actually make a huge difference hmm. for technologists. And some of these product manager decisions are five minute implementations. Hmm. Engineering wise, they are not expensive, but they are important. Example is Baidu. Hmm. And this is a very public uh, case. So Baidu is, uh, claim to have copied a lot of uh, UI, UI UX elements from Google. Mm. And they get a lot of flack for it, at least the early versions of it. Mm. But Baidu actually uh, succeeded when Google was actually in China as well. Mm. Later on, China, uh, uh, I don't know whether Google pulled out of China or China pulled, uh, like uh, asked Google to leave. But now Google is not in China. Mm. But at that time, when Google was in China, Baidu used to win. Yeah. And they had only one difference between Google and Baidu. Is Baidu, every result link used to open in a new tab. Hmm. And they found out that the Chinese demography was clicking on all the links on the first page. Whereas Google... Let it load, then I'll go one by one by one. And globally, Google had only research proven that the first result matter rest doesn't matter. Yeah. But they like uh, in China to see everything. Yeah. So there every link opens in a new tab. Yeah. And that if you ask me as an engineer, it is literally one attribute on an HTML link. Underscore one. Exactly. Yeah. And that one minute fix could have made massive difference. But to, to understand and exactly yes to understand that behavior and to extract that information exactly i think this uh, more than that such in, to overcome the orthodoxy or the success right see google got success doing what they were doing and suddenly you're going to some we are going to do exactly opposite for this demographic people are like are you crazy we are successful doing this this is how we do it and you know just i mean like probably they would have seen that uh, yeah. As soon as the page loads, within a couple of seconds, people are clicking on four links. Yeah. And they're using control tab to control click to open <laughs> it into new tab. They might have seen that. And that's yeah. what might, might have driven them to take that decision. Yeah. It is. And I, I do believe uh, that if, if you are, as an engineer, I am supposed to be able to critically thinking about all the things and decisions which I take. Hmm. Why am I picking the language over the other one? How I want to design certain features. Uh, but the fact that pro Proma people make it sound so obscure, uh, uh, black magic, voodoo, uh, I think that also makes me very difficult to uh, trust. Yeah. Unless, I, and I think if let's say I, I and you have worked enough uh, in number of years together, and I have a trust on you, I know that you're a very smart, intelligent person, then probably I will start taking your guts way more seriously and give you that credit. 
but when we are working when we don't know each other yeah and in enterprises when uh, these people are actually far and in different different units how do you think people should actually establish their credibility if they they every every uh, questions answer starts with it depends yeah <laughs> <laughs> no and uh, but uh, yeah somewhere in and uh, coming to this topic of product management in enterprises right uh, somewhere i think it's a you know self fulfilling prophecy which is going on because um you know if that is a scenario at some point you'll say you know what these product managers are not going to give me any solid information uh, yes. you know what probably i shouldn't care and you start creating these silos and then you'll say you didn't give me this information there was something obvious in front of you but you'll say hey i didn't get that information that's not what you said so we have done what was written there right and that is where this um, you know this um, i have heard this phrase a lot you're throwing stuff over the wall uh, starts coming up you didn't explain to me and you know what i will stop understanding i'll now focus on i got something i have to technically implement it that is all good. and somewhere i worry that the program managers of the world the you know the funding organizations of the world um the the people who are kind of once removed from these kind of uh, activities somehow i feel they like it because you know uh, somewhere it's very easy to say that um uh, you know you are this team i'm giving you this much fund this is your boss if something goes wrong i'll go ask the boss right this is product team this is man, uh, you know uh, engineering team i give you the money you do something there is a manager i'll go and people uh, sit back and say you know the managers will figure it out right uh, that's what they get paid for they will somehow figure it out and suddenly the people these managers who are not just managing who are responsible for a lot of things now also have to take care of this interdependent everything because it's very difficult for someone sitting on top to look this cross functional team mismatch like this person is doing what who belongs to this time who belongs to this 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 becomes very difficult because i think it becomes very difficult for them because the teams are again translating everything into tasks so if you have tasks you that means there was a task in and there was a output uh, you know task uh, something out right and then if something goes wrong you need a manager who would look at this process this mechanical assembly line thingy and say this is wrong right because the teams are not focusing on outcome so managers a top manager doesn't come and say that i don't know what you're doing i don't care how you're doing things you promised me that my revenue you know my um, you know, page load will increase by uh, uh, you know uh, I, i will have these many more views my revenue will increase that's all i'll judge you with right now everyone becomes very skeptic to do that and everyone kind of falls into that and i think somewhere again that um, the enterprises are guilty of doing tasks over outcomes uh, because uh, it's simple it's it's simple to uh, to just explain what happened to the money in one year but uh, dingar do you believe this is only enterprises problem because i think this lack of measurements and putting not emphasizing enough on outcomes actually is also a trait of convenience which i was alluding to earlier now there is a follow up thing which i would like to ask you which will emphasize my point a little bit more is as a proma how do you manage infinite building loop of features if this doesn't work let me just do one more thing but sometimes less product is more is what you see is and i i have also been into situation where i have met people who believe that continuous building of software is the only way to see that is task minded because i have right. a development team they have to do something so i'll keep on giving them features go build 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 but, but instagram is still getting built see but instagram is not adding features like crazy right it's still instagram it's still you take a photograph i don't know i don't know instagram probably has 2 3000 people working behind and they might be continuously building software i can guarantee you that 
and Definitely. they have probably a scope uh, backlog for let's say next uh, 18 months if they want to yeah i think the core feature which they built is and about instagram is not an enterprise product by the way if it was an enterprise product this team would have created it would have been instagram plus adobe uh, photoshop plus uh, google photo plus it would have become everything sweet instagram sweet and they wouldn't have had the courtesy of calling it even a suite everything would have been the same menu 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 click 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 and it would have been our arial font and blue color and like all talking about paytm <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, you know uh, when it becomes uh, you know you kind of you call it a super app right uh, and uh, you try to get away with it but it th- th- that's th- that's why you know or dinner there would have been one app which will be having whatsapp plus instagram plus facebook yeah exactly which they didn't do right because they focused on what is the user wanting definitely there is a because they focused on outcomes if it was task that we have a team it has to but develop now I, i mean like i beg to ask this question now is let's say that this is a discussion hmm. whether we should merge whatsapp and instagram okay and let's say a product manager is put on spot is that decision gut based feel or there should be more than gut gut feel around this um so um, let's go back to scientific method uh, such in from <laughs> where everything comes right so science is not a body of knowledge science is a process and outcome of that process is a knowledge which is correct and accurate in that time because in the next process we may discover something new and what we knew will get falsified so science is a process how does this process happen there is a problem right you make a hypothesis right right for for example um you know uh, when i um, sit in water um you know i'm in a bathtub or something you know water comes out uh, right uh that that's there's a problem statement there's an observation then i make a hypothesis right uh the water comes out because i am going in and um, i don't know because i'm i'm very heavy right um and okay then you do an experiment you bring another person who has a different body dimensions has same uh, weight as you you put that person in the water see what happens how much water comes out of it right then you realize okay maybe i was right maybe I'm, i i i don't know uh, i i cannot recall the physics of it i don't know if this condition is true in specific gravity or not but let let's assume that this is not true then you say oh that means the diamond body dimensions matter then you bring the another person with same body dimensions different weight you put them in maybe it does doesn't work then you bring someone and both are true so see everything such in uh, hypothesis is a very important uh, tool Uh, human mind has and somewhere we have become scared to hypothesize right oh is it evidence based are you thinking uh, logically are you based on metric we are discouraging hypothesis your hypothesis could be anything it could be gut based or something but you have to make that initial hypothesis right but then there are hypothesis would have been, i i think uh, i think the no, uh, Yeah, I think that. in terms of like merging these two things, right? Yeah, you don't need to be completely hypothetical about it. There are ways in which you would be able to. Example, I, I'm just like giving an example. For uh, Instagram has, uh, I don't know, like six hundred, seven hundred million users active, or over a billion users probably. I don't know. Uh, and uh, WhatsApp has over a billion users active, so it is not very difficult to see. how many people are using let's say messaging feature of instagram versus just a reels feature versus versus just scrolling infinitely through uh, colorful photos and build a case around what uh, is the inclination why who's what is the primary behavior of my consumer so see that uh, and, and that's where the hypothesis come in the hypothesis that you have implicitly in your mind is those who are using uh, messaging on instagram right have have the same inclination same requirement are happy with the messaging on whatsapp 
I do not know that, right? And exactly. That's See, exactly. Now, that's the hypothesis. Now, now let's say, is there an overlap of intent and content and uh, expectation, or is there not? That's your initial hypothesis. Correct. And now, now this now came now out of gut. This the hypothesis always comes out of gut in my mind. But, but now, yeah. Uh, now, how do we say? Let's say that you and I, and that's what actually I'm taking you to the next point is that why do I believe that uh, tech leads? and uh, uh, promas need to work super closely rather than in hierarchy hmm. rather than handing over tasks to tech leads exactly. saying that hey why don't you build it yeah they should use this as a complementing duo pairing basically because i would tell you that if it is uh, just a hearsay that you feel that it needs to be done and in my case many times technologies never want Hmm. only business people want and that was a veto power hmm. and we used to build product what i was thinking is if you discuss sachin how can we measure this now i we need to actually figure out a way in which we can test it with only certain people focus i mean like dinkar today there are 100 methods available you could test it hmm. if you wanted to rather than punching it into product and releasing it because uh, i know that whenever i write code you know one of the most difficult thing in a code is deleting code deleting. once written code never gets deleted <laughs> yeah. so i think features are also like that once a promo by the way have you ever deleted have you actively deleted code uh, i think uh, it can be called like, factoring active deletion of code no Oh, refactoring is active deletion of code. It is not uh, means it one of the parts, right? Is that you are uh, uh, if you find a better way of doing things, then you would rewrite it and discard old implementation. Or... No, discard means do people actually delete those line of code? Or That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, unless it was something which was very uh, utilitarian, yeah. I have rarely deleted code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem is that it, that one thing is. Connected to something, and I'm scared that if I delete this, then exactly. it will yes. it will be more work for me. Yeah. So that is the reason, and I I do believe that applies to features too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you one very interesting thing. So I was uh, uh, when I was working at a physics research lab, there um, uh, the uh, we were using a real-time operating system called VxWork, so it uh, uh, brings up a board in two parts. So mm -hmm. one is there is a uh, board bring up of small code which is uh, on uh, the ROM there, which kind of comes up um, based on the configuration, goes to a, um, you know is, goes to a server and brings down the OS image, uh, copies it to a memory location program counter to that location and the operating system, it says go, it starts, right? Now, essentially what that means is that there are so many boards out there in the world, uh, which are probably hitting some server, some configuration is hitting some server, right? So I was managing a couple of these servers and now I have, I want to do something on that server. I have no clue which board is hitting it and I'm like frozen. So one of my seniors, he just, you know, he said, what I do is I regularly uh, go and uh, change some configuration on this. So bo boards will start breaking up. He said, if I go and ask people, hey, are you using my server? No one knows or no one cares. But when the moment it starts breaking up, their OS image is not coming up, their boards are, they'll call me a start complaining. So that's how I know who, which system is using what. So I think, uh, and uh, th this exact uh, dilemma, right? Do I delete the code? And what if there is some dependency somewhere and it will break the thing? I think uh, I think that is a very good reason to actually delete the code that, because if there is some other right. dependency- it will Yes, and, and that is exactly what we need to do is, but the same problem is applicable to features too. Exactly, yes. You, if you create a story of deleting certain feature, I mean, like, how uh, do you even believe that a project feature set should be refactored? 
yeah so um, and I, i think that's a very important question uh, so one of the things that is very popular about product managers is that product managers are the people who say no to things right mm-hmm. so people will come up there i want this i want this manager will say this ceo will say like you say no 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 right now the, uh, the and that is where the courage and all these things come but will i ever remove a feature right mm. and uh, and my god so many people fall for it they're so scared right and there is this mythical maybe there is some user let us say there are users maybe let us say there are 1% of your users are uh, using that feature right how actively are you deleting the feature in fact um, in my interviews i sometimes this is one of the questions to uh, founders who have come from b2c companies right over applying from product management or ask this you know how do you actively remove features right uh, and uh, it's very complicated it's actually a very good question maybe we need a uh, yeah uh, we should have a much more uh, systematic approach there are, lo- there are a lot of tools there but that is the ultimate sign of you have arrived as a product manager when you have the uh, you know courage to make a call based on some good reasons that i'm going to roll back a feature i'm going to delete it yeah but binkar i would like to also talk about one more as engineer i think this is uh, in my mind this is part one of something hmm. um is what is the right uh, way of experimentation setup in a product and i do I, i know you said half an hour ago that it is costly to yes. set up that infrastructure but i tell you the amount of random features which i have built over period of my life which i believed that these should not be implemented and later on time believe and by the way this is not tooting my horn saying that okay i knew my gut feel was right yeah. because there i, I am always finding uh, to uh, i have a confirmation bias too right yeah. <laughs> i remember only the features which actually did not work and which i believed they should not work yeah. but uh, i i do want to convert this art into little bit of science may not be fully science but if this is an art product management is an art and every art has eventually uh, uh, got lesser and lesser mythical and that's when it scales the more you actually keep it as this is mysterious this is a very special niche skill um i remember dinkar uh, in my town and this is uh, I, i i don't know whether you had it when i was a kid um and people wanted to uh, dig a bore well for water mm. there used to be these special people who used to walk around and they used to say jk we didn't have this but i've seen a lot you remember this right and they used to tell water is here right and people will dig there i cannot believe when people were so poor they used to take this 10000 rupees bet on a person walking on earth and saying that here is water and they used to go and dig that i used to find it very very disturbing at that time when i was a kid as well so i do not want every decision uh, to be taken like this i understand uh, in business people always put up bets you know sachin i think those people were very successful and i think the reason for their success was they understood statistics a lot right it's you know if you have a piece of land and you want to dig where the uh, water is over a period of time you know how much size typically in that area the size of the water body is so you kind of go do a grid in your mind go start um, you know in simple say in this i'll make it into a square i'll try here then i'll try here and then i'll try linker what you are telling me is this is how this is how you can also seemingly impossible which you can't even see you can measure you can exactly. set up an experiment you, this exactly. is a hypothesis whether there is a water or not right yeah i do believe the hypothesis is there, he, in this area there is more water but what and you just told I, me- i feel those people were successful i think maybe they were using this technique maybe this technique they kind of it doesn't matter it, that, yeah. it doesn't matter but what i am believing is that what method you told Wait, i want to say there one. are always there are always such method yeah and exactly those methods can be created create and see uh, implementing a feature and putting it into public is like marriage right 
once it's out there, you're committed. Stepping back is very expensive, right? But that's why nobody just marries, right? This is a hi, hello, uh, let, let's talk for a minute. And marriages happen in India especially happen between families. Let you do take so many baby steps towards marriage, right? And that is where, you know, there is this uh, impatience or uh, the speed illusion of that if we go fast and it, the, the experiment should not start with putting the feature in front of a customer. Correct. There so are you're so saying, many steps between yes. this and that, which will give you ample evidence, right? So, so, uh, so there, there are two things. things. The thing that we are building, uh, we are not going to discuss it in public forum is imagine how low tech we started, how low tech, how long we stayed, got, uh, you know, got money, revenue generating uh, capabilities by just being as low tech as possible, because from here, they're having things out. There is so much of steps, right? And I, and in fact, I am alluding to that. So what you're giving me is a journey. Yes. Let's say there is a, the first step of every feature is a hypothesis. Yes. Then the second set is never that be, you, never be scared to hypothesize. It's correct. okay. As long as you uh, mark it, uh, you know, it's a gut feel, it's based on the read up, it's based on this study, whatever, go ahead. So Dinkar, there are, uh, then the second is the, that hypothesis needs to be converted into a journey. A and small mind, experiment. Again, scientific process, small experiment. Let me do a quick check. Yeah. Let me do a quicker check. You you keep on expanding the scope the, as your hypothesis keeps moving. Yeah, maybe we should actually talk more about that because I, I do believe that uh, if you can walk us through the journey of a feature, right? Yeah. Like from idea to it, and we don't need to go to development and mm. forget about production as well. How it becomes ready for development? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been thinking about it. We are both consultants and till now no PowerPoint has happened in our podcast and maybe this mm. is the right time. Uh, I, uh, at, uh, I had... Uh, uh, Sajan, I had this, um, uh, it was shocking as I was studying more about scientific process, it was shocking to me how much today's software development is mirroring uh, the uh, scientific method. Maybe in the next call, we can uh, discuss uh, that uh, the journey from an idea to something that is in front of a, a customer. Uh, but there was one more uh, thing that we couldn't discuss in detail is product management in enterprises. I think it is a very, um, uh, it is a place where uh, product management uh, as a profession will find scale. Uh, but it is also a place where um, product management as a profession will become commoditized. Um, and uh, not to say that uh, it's an uh, mythical uh, profession or it's pure art, but uh, you know, uh, today um, you know nothing has more uh, has become more um, technology intensive than painting, even if it's an oil painting or even if it's stylus and iPad, right? Um, there and you have so many tools, but ultimately. Uh, they reflect uh, someone's opinion of what they want to see on the paper, right? So I think product management should not lose that part of the art where ultimately it is someone synthesizing so many variety of inputs into a proposition. I think that is something that can only happen in a human brain um, is the art part and, uh, you know, until we have a neural network at some point that can kind of uh, emulate that uh, thought process. I think uh, definitely there is science to it. Uh, there is this uh, art to it, um, the art of making uh, prioritization. Uh, that, you know, this is a very important client. If this feature goes in, that client will feel very happy. And Janidu, let, 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 let's do it. Yeah, it will make a big difference to someone uh, who's very happy. That that is not uh, <laughs> that is not science, right? Yes. Uh, that is the subtle art, and that so, is yeah, business. We talk about, and I I fear that the commoditization of enterprises can damage that in product managers. So yeah, it, it's another thing uh, that uh, at some point uh, I'll be very happy to talk about. Absolutely. 
I think we overran our time today. I didn't realize it went very. Really yeah, much. yeah, but yeah, it is a deep topic. I think we should follow up with uh, this with some uh, uh, some certain areas and go a little deeper. But yeah, it is fantastic. Thank you, Dinkar, for answering the question. Yeah, thanks for uh, asking those questions and uh, sharing your thought process. Uh, so th there are a couple of topics uh, we need to dig more on product managers um, coming from technical background, maybe at some point we should invite some people. Um, so the, the technologist view of product management, I think uh, we, uh, I want to hear more from you. Um, product management and enterprises, uh, we should talk a little more about it and the journey from a random thought uh, to something uh, out there in the market. Uh, yeah, we should look at that also. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.